It's perception. The reality is, is that people are in prison long before they come to prison because they tend to feel disempowered, limited, stuck. So we're in, and now we're in reaction mode or survival mode. That's prison. So prison happens first and foremost internally, and so does freedom. Within three years of release, two out of three ex-offenders are rearrested. Clearly, something is broken. It's time we strategize ways to prevent repeat offenses. Our brainstorming session starts now. Welcome to A Prisoner's Pardon. Hello and welcome to A Prisoner's Pardon podcast. I'm your host, Michi J. Today we are finishing up my conversation with Jamal Javanji, the ex-correctional officer who now has turned life coach and also he is a best-selling author of the book, Living for a Living. Last week was an eye-opener on how correctional officers view inmates. If you didn't get a chance to listen, please go back and listen to how correctional officers are trained and the uniqueness of their job. Jamal now goes into his perspective as a life coach now and living for a living and how a person who is in prison can also do that. Let's continue that conversation. Jamal, say they're inside and you're saying uh, living for a living. What would you tell them? How would they live for a living if they're incarcerated? Um, is, is it possible? I would always say not only is it possible, it's actually, and this may sound crazy, it might even be easier. You know, I'm not. I think so, too. So go ahead. Why do you think so? Because the illusion is taken away when you're locked up, when you're behind bars, you know, the illusion of what your life could be, you know, because people outside, they think their life is all these things, right? Money and cars and houses and all the stuff we get into. And that's really not the light. That's not the, and they're miserable. And so prison is perception, right? I always say you could live, you know, in your, in your dream home. And if someone came to the door, as they say, a police officer comes to the door and says, okay, but you're under house arrest and you can't leave that, that dream home suddenly becomes your prison, right? So it's perception, but the the reality is, is that people are in prison long before they come to prison because they, they tend to feel disempowered, limited, stuck. So we're in, then now we're in reaction mode or survival mode. That's prison. So when you're locked up behind bars, the illusion's taken away, right? So prison happens first and foremost internally, and so does freedom. So to be free, what do you need? Well, freedom is simply consciousness of your own power and your own choice. See, we're all sentenced to life. I always tell everybody, every one of us is sentenced to life. And most people feel like they're imprisoned to their circumstances, to their body, to their story. Everyone feels like a prisoner. Most people feel by default, feel like this is, I'm limited to this. So we're all sentenced to life. The question is, how do you want to do your life sentence, right? You're, we all have life. How do you want to do it? Do you want to do it hard? Or do you want to do it easy? Do you want to do it well? Do you want to enjoy it? Because in this moment, your experience of this moment is an internal experience. Nobody can tell you how to do this moment. No corrections officer can tell you that you can't be joyful in this moment. You can't enjoy your, 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 your experience of life in this moment. You can actually, if you learn how to take control of the inner process, 
the inner process is the only thing you actually have a hundred percent control over is your inner experience of life. Um, the illusion is that we have control over other people, over situations outside of ourself. This causes us to feel disempowered, but whether you're outside of a prison or inside of a prison, your inner experience of your own life is all you have ever had control over. And it's all you will ever have control over. So if you can learn to take control over your inner experience, you, you become liberated and free. It doesn't matter where you are. You could be standing outside in a forest. You could be standing in a city. You could be inside of a prison, you know, pr prison facility or outside of it. That makes no difference because the external does not determine the internal, the internal is what determines your quality of life and eventually will determine your external world. Hmm. So I agree with you that it's, it can be an opportunity while they're there um, to look, to get out of what the survival mode, mm -hmm. they can get out of the survival mode there and get into the living mode into living. Abs okay. Absolutely. Well, see, I've known, I've known people that were who, who were in prison and they chose to see it as a uh, university. They chose, they actually made a choice and they said, I am in, I'm in university and I'm here to learn. This is a teaching. This, this entire time is here. I'm here to learn. You have, you have access to a lot of people. They'll teach you. If you pay attention to people, people who are suffering, people who are disempowered, just watch they'll, you can learn from their stories. You have access to information. Like you have time that you've never had before. You don't have to worry about paying the bills, you know, where your food's going to come from. All that's provided for you. You can take that. Thank you. I'm going to use this time now to educate myself. You can read, you can learn how to get, get in touch with what you're feeling, why you're feeling what you're feeling. Where does that come from? And then how do you take control of that? How do you clear and heal the past? How do you begin to take advantage of opportunities every day? Cause if you can do it there, you can do it anywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's about. It's about learning how to live. Um, and your prison, there's a, there's a real, I know it sounds when we focus on our lack of choice, right? We say, okay, I'm not, I don't choose to be here. Somebody, <laughs> the, the state put me here, the, you know, the judge put me here, whatever. Okay. Then we're going to feel like a victim. We're going to feel totally disempowered. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if you shift it to, I've been given a new lease on life. Uh, this is a reset. My life that led me here is over because the past it's over. Doesn't it? Where's, I always tell people, where's the past? You can't find it anywhere. It's only in your mind. It's just the memories of it. It doesn't exist. So literally you, this is new, this experience new, the rest of your life is, is yet to be determined. It is going to be determined by how you respond to this moment, this season that you're in. So you decide how you're going to do life. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, uh, we're all sentenced to life, but how you do it is being created by you. We could do it well, empowered, free, or we could do it with our focus on all the things we don't control, which is all the external things. So none of us, whether we're in prison or out, have control of the external worlds that, we're, that we are interacting with. The only world we have control over is our internal environment. That's it. There's so many people, I think, Jamal, don't get that because they're trying to control it. And that's why they're going nuts, you know, because they think and they can control something that's out of their control. That's not their job. I say, I look at it that way. So you 
I like how you turn to focus away from, I say, the victim mentality and get them to understand that uh, giving them a conqueror mentality. You know, I'm Christian and, you know, I'll say mm -hmm. things like that because uh, I'm quoting word because he gives us um, not the spirit of fear, you know, and that is totally opposite from the word this victim mentality, because if you mm -hmm. have if you have that victim mentality, you have no expectations, but low, right? So you switch the guy's mentality. It's almost like you turned a switch on on him in there. And he was like somewhere else already and not mm -hmm. just in that hole. And that's interesting that you got to talk. You um, had a ministry in the hole <laughs> while they were in the mm -hmm. hole. So that is good to know they can start their training inside. They don't have to wait to, oh, I, when I get out, I'm going to do this and that. You know, it starts now. <laughs> So. Oh, if it doesn't start now, it's not going to start because that's the, that's the, I'll be happy when syndrome, right? People go, I'll oh. be happy when that day in the future, it's like that day never comes. You know, I have a sign on my, in my office here. <laughs> it's it's on the wall. It says today is the tomorrow you talked about. Oh, I like that. Today is the day. You it's the tomorrow. It, oh, today is the, today is the tomorrow that you talked about, you know, because we, we, we always say tomorrow I'll do this tomorrow in the future. I'll do this, but well, that's today. So <laughs> It starts now, and it's amazing what can happen, the the where your life can lead. You know, I I know folks that were locked up in prison and had been for most of their adult life that are now millionaires, that are living well, doing amazing work in the world because of what they chose to do when they were locked up, because they chose to get a hold of their inner inner sense of being. And they, they chose that they were going to maximize life and they were chose, they chose to see prison as a university of training for the rest of their life. And now they're living it and it's, you know, easy people that are like, Oh, you're living large, you know, look at how you're living now. It's all, I mean, it's like, but that didn't start there. It started when they were doing time. It's mm -hmm. where, it's where their life started. And, and, and everybody I always say the rest of the way you spend the rest of your life is going to be determined by what you do at this moment. And it's interesting that you say that that they became um, very successful mm -hmm. and did anything else change? So they became successful and none of these outward circumstances changed. Nothing changed. Nothing they got changed. out of, they, when they got out of prison, <laughs> they were living in a, you know, 200 square foot room with nothing, but he, such gratitude for life and existence. And when you have that kind of gratitude and for life and you feel like this is a gift, you know, really life is a gift. It comes from the source, the divine God, you know, it's been given, it's been entrusted to us and we, it's trusted to everybody, but we don't, not everybody sees it or perceives it as that gift. But if you can start seeing that this is a gift, I'm alive today. What are you going to do with it? You show up for it. You experience the fullness of it and you treat it as a gift it's amazing what you can make out of your life. Anybody, you don't need it. You actually, it's free. You so what, you know, yeah. what you're saying is like revenue revolutionary. And so it's a gift and it's the present, of course. So mm -hmm. it's the present. So if they are thankful, it gives a new attitude and perspective. Mm -hmm. Cause mm -hmm. I've seen it where when you're thankful, 
you're not wasteful. That's right. That, that's right. You and 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 there, there's a principle. It's it's a it's like the law of gravity. It's like the law of the mm-hmm. universe. It's the, the, whatever you give attention to mm-hmm. will flourish in the manner in which you of an it's it it will flourish in the in the context of the kind of attention you give to it. So when you give something attention, if you see something as a gift, it will give back to you in that same manner. So what Jesus said that he said give. And it will be given back to you, shaken together, pressed down, shaken together, and running over in the same manner. Mm-hmm. In the manner in which you judge, it will be returned back to you. So it's this is a principle of this is the way life works. It's not really punishment or reward as much as it's this is just it's like gravity. It's a principle. Right? This is how it yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's like whatever you know your reward is, either good or bad. It's just a re- it is a reward. It's like seed time and harvest. So totally. if they, yeah, so to sowing and reaping, exactly. And if they get that. Pr- that principle alone would change everything. <laughs> totally. hundred percent. Totally. So you, what you were saying, so they changed their life and nothing changed after, outside. It was just inside. Yeah. And then. Hmm. That's it. That's where the whole world is experienced is inside. Mm-hmm. It's, it, we never experience anything outside. Mm-hmm. So our inner experience is always internal. And that happens to be the domain where we have the most control is our internal experience. So again, it's a process. It's, this is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, there is a process to it where we learn to practice, right? That's why there's certain things that you end up putting into place in your life in a day in day out basis. It takes time to, to, because we're all, you know, we all have tendencies and patterns uh, from the past. So from unconsciousness. So it's, it, 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 again, that's why I got into coaching work because it's, it's about helping people learn a new way to be. It's again, engaging in that process. So, you know, it requires patience. It's not an overnight process, but uh, it is a process. And it, it uh, I always tell people it's the hardest, easiest work you'll ever do. Meaning it's challenging to break patterns, but it, it leads to a life of ease because again, it doesn't matter what's happening out here. The ease is internal. Even Jesus said, with all the problems that Jesus had in life, right? he said, <laughs> if you're tired and heavy laden, if you're burdened, learn from me because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That, so he's saying, this is the way I'm experiencing life internally, easy and light, despite all the problems out here. So it's not about the external. It never is. What? You're going to upset a lot of people there. Yeah. Um, um... Out the cart, so to speak. So now I like what you're saying here because this is like getting down to the, the nitty gritty, the principal things. So as a coach, you have someone that you're working with because what you're you're doing here, you're helping people not be institutionalized because sure. it's a lot of people that can naturally go into that without understanding these principles. So if you were working with someone that failed to get this information while they were in and they're out now and they're institutionalized, so to speak, what would you say to get them to see this now that they can turn their life around? What would be the first thing you would talk to someone who's just getting out? Mm, totally. So uh, first thing I, I, I like to do is 
is to increase uh, awareness. So I, my, in my coaching work, there's really two things that that happen. Again, it's a process, so it's not doesn't happen quickly, but it's the two things is attention and then intention. So attention is awareness. So what we want to do is we want to start increasing our awareness because when you become more aware, there's a separation that occurs, uh, or I say there's a gap. So again, there's the principle is that which is observed cannot be the observer. So mm-hmm. we've all had an experience of anger, right? So when we get angry, if you're not aware that you're angry, you can just be angry. And people, when they get angry, they lose their consciousness. They actually lose their mind, so to speak. Yes. And then <laughs> after anger subsides, you, you go, know. man, what <laughs> did I say? What did I do? What happened? <laughs> That's when we have to come back and say, I'm so sorry I said that, or I'm so sorry I did that because we, I say, like, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, what were you thinking? Like, I wasn't thinking. Uh, I, I, I was I was kind of taken for, I was taken over for a moment, taken for a ride. That anger took a fright. So first to wait, to wait to like start to start to empower yourself from that is start to pay attention. It sounds really easy and cliche, but it's not, it's very profound. You start to realize what is it that, what is it that's taking my freedom in this moment? Meaning what's key, what is causes me to lose my, my control? Is it, what, what makes me angry? Start paying attention to the things that make you. I hate it when this person says this. Or I hate it when this person does this. I hate it when, you know, whatever it may be. If you're in locked up behind bars, it's like I hate this guard, or I hate when they do this, or I hate whatever it may be, or this certain person. Like, pay attention to that because that person is is in control of you. Nobody wants to be controlled by anybody. I was like, but you want to be free. You have to stop giving your power away. So start figuring out where what's making you angry because that's the people that have power over you. Then the second question is, why have you given them that power? Because only you can give it. Typically, just asking the question, what, why does this affect me? Because it is effect, it's okay to be affected, but just start to realize why does this person or situation affect me? And here's what I tell people: it's never about that situation. It's always about the past. Your anger is rooted. The roots of your anger is in the past. Believe it or not, that's where it is. Because if you didn't have the past you had, this would just be a situation. It would just be somebody else's issue. But because it feels personal, it's about your past. Where have I felt this previously? This kind of anger. And go back to that. Learn to see it. Just becoming aware of it. What happens is there's something that happens, and this isn't conscious, but it happens physiologically. What happens as soon as you start getting aware this person makes me angry because my dad was like that guy. Oh, I felt this kind of anger with my dad or my brother or whatever. Something happened in the past. It, there is some connection or else you wouldn't feel it. it. So it's a trigger. We can only, so nobody, and, and this is a rule of thumb. Nobody can make you feel anything. How you feel comes from the inside. Now people can trigger you to feel some things. Now that's a key distinction, right? Because if you if the energy wasn't inside already, you they couldn't trigger it. It wouldn't be there to be triggered. So that's why Jesus said that which corrupts a person is not from the outside, it's on the inside. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's mm-hmm. learning to say, okay, let's clean the inside of the cup. So the outs don't focus on the outside, focus on the inside. Why is this affecting me? If we focus on the outside, which is that person or situation, we're going to be disempowered. They're not the one making you feel this way. Mm-hmm. And this is this is where we start to take control of our life and go, okay, I feel, even just if you're angry, just to say, I feel angry, not I am angry. 
mm-hmm. I feel angry. Just by saying that, it releases the control. So over. we're gonna we're gonna go back. I know you said at one point, but I want to go back a little bit because like we can't really control other people unless they give us that ability and that's through triggering them i mean Mm -hmm. i I think about remember dennis rodman uh how he played ball and stuff he would Mm -hmm. get in their head he would get them angry and then that's (laughs) when they would make (laughs) they would make those mistakes so and they were only they were then he was then in control so but that's only because they gave him control so but that's why they're actually being in prison they allow themselves to be in prison themselves by that when they get into the anger because they are no longer in control so that really explains the tension i like that so the other one you said is intention intention okay so intention intention is simply um it's connected to desire right so how do I want to experience this moment? So it's that that's where, and that takes now, now that, you know, you can go really deep with that in the sense of intention is all, if we're going to give it a de- definition, how you would define intention is focused awareness, right? It's focused awareness. Mm-hmm. Now intention is creating your life. Your life's experiences are literally created through intention, focused awareness. So where your focus goes, the principle here, and this is kind of said in the coaching world a lot, where focus goes, energy flows. <laughs> so where you put your focus is what you're going to energize. You're going to create. So the question is, make sure your focus is on what you want it to be. Because if your focus is on what you don't want, that's what you're empowering. So only empower what you want, not what you don't want. So that's that's where fo- that's why we have to learn to shift our focus. Now, it, Intention is working for everybody. It's just not working for us until we get conscious of it. Because for years, my focused awareness was on things I didn't want. And it was on, I don't want to experience this. I don't want this to happen. I don't want this to happen. It was very fear-based. And so when we're driven by fear, our focus is on the things we don't want. And that tends to be the things that happen because where focus goes, energy flows. So you get to, we have to learn to shift our focus to what we actually want. And that starts first and foremost in the inner perception beginning to perceive what we want and experience it as if it's already there before it even physically manifests. That's, but that's how we create mm-hmm. the life we want. And I, I tell you where this comes out. I mean, it's powerful. The, 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 I remember listening to a medical doctor talk about this one time. He was a, he had a cancer patient that he was treating and this lady had come in and she was, unfortunately they caught the cancer way too late and uh, it was way beyond stage four. So she really couldn't be treated. Uh, it was, it was a terminal, but he didn't tell her that uh, for whatever, I don't know exactly how they got around this, but it was, she was a candidate for what they call placebo. Mm-hmm. So this doctor said, we have to, he told her the truth, you know, you're stage four years is very aggressive. So we have to start you on aggressive chemotherapy immediately. Mm-hmm. And when he told her that she said, okay, okay, I'll do it, whatever. But it was a placebo. He didn't tell her that. It was just nothing. It was, it was no drug, but nothing. Her hair fell out. She started taking the placebo. Her hair fell out. She started throwing up all the symptoms of chemotherapy, but it was nothing. It was a placebo. And he realized in that 
oh my, like the power, like why, like she's literally manifesting in her body mm-hmm. what she believed. And it was just a placebo because we have the power actually in that we've been created in such a way that how we perceive becomes manifest reality. Like we're literally creators. Imagination, the power yeah. of imagination. Yep. And if you think about it, you know, from a spiritual perspective, if we're made in the image and likeness of God, which is what we're told in the scriptures that we're made in the image and likeness of God, what is God? God's a creator. So we're creating, when we look at the world, the way the world is, who's doing this? <laughs> we are. So you're saying though, like someone that's incarcerated or, you know, have, is in survival mode, their focus is wrong. They're focusing on the wrong things. And so that's where they're being led to and all their actions. Because yeah, of- and, and we could do, we could, we could do the reverse engineering where we look back in the past and go, this action led to this action, which led to this action, which eventually led to the incarceration. Right. So our, that, that, that when it manifests and shows up physically in the physical space and time is always the last stage of creation. We, we tend to focus on it as if it's the first stage. It's not, it's the last stage. So if you want to change your reality, you don't change the external. That's the last thing that manifests. You change the energy and the focus internally. That's when you're, you start to change the world. Get to the roots of it, mm-hmm. which is the spiritual. Cause Absolutely. yeah, the spirit spiritual is what makes up the physical. That's the control area is mm-hmm. the internal. Yeah. I'm totally in agreement. This is uh fascinating. And I hope my audience, you know, if you've been in, if you are incarcerated, you know, if you take in the things, what Jamal just said about attention and intention so it's like when they're responding to a guard their response will be different now absolutely because yeah the the guard only has external control but not internal control Hmm. And, and and that's the most important so you know you don't have to give your power away to anybody a corrections officer anybody you keep that power yourself by choosing how to respond mm-hmm. and then you're free. Even though you'll be physically incarcerated, mm-hmm. but you won't be spiritually or mentally, so to speak. Right. Incarcerated. Because the, mm-hmm. totally. And that's where your life is. Your whole life is inside, inside you. It's not out there. So you being in control of your life, this is how you get control over it. And the actions the way you respond to not just prison guards, but to everybody, mm-hmm. everybody will determine what your life becomes. Hmm. So you said attention, they got to watch those triggers. I call it the science of examining and testing Yes, um, and looking at what's actually triggering them. And you said it's something from their past. So, yeah, the way yeah. the reason we feel a certain way about something is because we're being triggered. That energy is inside of us to get triggered. Somebody may do something in a certain way that triggers us, but that that means it was already there before that person said or did anything. That means that energy was already there. That anger was already there. So the question is, where did it come from? Mm. And it's usually the past, something unresolved from the past that's still there. So there's another principle that's very powerful in this work. And that is what you feel you heal. 
what you feel, you heal. So if you can learn to feel it, there's a way to actually feel anger in a way that actually empowers you versus disempowers you. So when you, let's say somebody says something and really get triggers you and you want to attack them or you want to fight them or whatever it may be. Okay. So if you, if you lash out in that anger at that person is disempowering because what you're doing is you're saying that they're the source of my pain. They're not, they're just the trigger. The source of your pains inside of you. So if you can go inside and go, okay, what am I feeling? When have I felt? I actually ask the question, when, when's the earliest I can remember feeling this? Have I felt this before? Yeah. When? And then memories will come. Memories will start coming to mind. Oh, I felt this way when so-and-so did this in the past or whenever this happened. Okay. Let's feel it. So what do you do? I, I like to ask people, where do you feel it in the body? It's a kind of a strange question. But <laughs> usually when you get angry, you feel it. Either it's your chest. Sometimes it's your neck, back, it's your head, stomach. Sometimes it's okay. Wherever it is, I said, find it, let's find it. Where is it in the body? You take your hand, you put it there, you just feel it. You just take some, start, start doing some deep, so pay, like tune into it, feel it. The sensation is <laughs> what wow. you feel, you heal. It, it's not pleasant, but it, what you're doing is you're getting present with it and you're letting it, cause it's trying to get out. Mm-hmm. See, it's trapped energy in the body and it's the past trying to, it's literally trying to get out because when, it, when it happened, maybe that was trauma in the past, we weren't able to process it then because we were, it wasn't safe. Maybe we had to get out of the situation quickly or whatever. And we were in fight or flight mode. That means we weren't equipped to process it in the past, but this is why it comes back up because we're trying, your body's literally trying to expel it. So the person who you think is your enemy or nemesis that's triggering you is actually your healer. In reality, they're, they're being used as a, tool to trigger you to get this energy to come up so you can release it. It's, you know, it's kind of a crude analogy, but let's say you eat bad food. You know, if you Uh eat bad food immediately, the body's going to try to get it out. Get rid of it. So in order, but in order for it to come out, it's got to come up and that's not pleasant. Mm -hmm. It's part of the process though. So So same thing with emotions. So adversity is part of the process. So it's actually, it's key to healing. Yes, it's an opportunity, so to speak. Yep. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I like that too. Um, so in your book, "Living to to Live," right? So living, living for living. Mm-hmm. Living for living. Is that in your book? That process you just went through a little bit. Not a lot of it. Some of it is the, the book really gets into the. It's more of a examining these concepts from an intellectual standpoint and also my story of, of things that I did, choices, decisions I made throughout. So it kind of, it's kind of there, but it's more of an, in the format of a example. It's really meant to before see before these techniques can actually have it have its proper effect, we almost have to change our way of thinking about certain things. Because most people honestly are still convinced that my salvation and my solutions are going to come out here. Mm-hmm. And they don't. This is why it's an internal reality. This is why Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is within you, right? It's in here. It's not out there. Yeah, that's that was the news church. to people. It's temple. Mm-hmm. Yep. So <laughs> it, you have to shift your, like even the word repentance, you know, if we're going to use that language, like, like Jesus, the first thing he would always say is repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which I know that can sound weird to some people, but the word actually means repentance means to change your mind. Yeah. Turn around. Mm-hmm. It's a shift. It's a shift in the mindset, the thinking. 
if that has to come first, because the mind will block you from being able to move into this work, the mind will actually, will actually throw up roadblocks. Like, uh, that's easy for you to say, but this person out here, <laughs> blah, 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 or this situation out here is the, my, the reason I'm suffering. And it, it'll try to assign that kind of blame because our thinking has not changed yet that it took me, a, it took me personally years to realize I was creating my pain. Mm-hmm. unconsciously mm-hmm. that's a hard one because it felt like blame but it's it's not about blame it's just about realizing the power we have right we are so powerful we can create powerlessness right when someone says i can't do this that's right because that's how powerful you are <laughs> you yeah, create that reality yeah so that's how it's so bad when people don't have hope mm-hmm. it's you you won't be able to create anything you won't be able to do anything because hopelessness don't have anything it's nothing in there <laughs> to create with so right. you need something to create with so i really like this so if someone wanted to be involved and in just being coached by you how would they get in touch with you yeah the best the best way is probably through just practically speaking through the website mm-hmm. so i have a website and on my website is uh the links to my book is there i have a podcast that's there and also the coaching um journey all of that is there and how to get in touch with me contact all that stuff's there and my website is jamal it's just my first and last name so it's jamaljavanji.com okay i'll put that in the show notes so because i i think your background that even though at first it looked all kind of fuzzy it's like (laughs) (laughs) it's you know having you know um because you can speak to people from islam as well as catholics and from the prison perspective and give this coaching and you can really reach a lot of people so that's why i was wanting to know how people can come alongside with you if they wanted to work more with you and get this coaching. I love his hat. I know people can't see that. He has this, it looks like, is that a red cross hat or it's, it's, it's like inverted. Yeah. It's similar. It looks like the red cross, but it's actually a Swiss flag. I have a friend from Switzerland that came to visit and he brought me that. That's their flag, Uh, but it looks just like the red cross. And that's why I wear it actually, because it, it's a reminder of my, of my purpose. I think so too. That's what I got from it. The image, you know, with you mm. talking about, you know, taking your pulse and trying to figure out where the pain is. I like mm-hmm. that. Um, I like that demonstration and just so, showing people really just how to, how to examine themselves, like how women would check for breast cancer or uh, some sort of lump or something that we should be also doing that sort of a thing um, with other types of pain and paying attention to our pain and being in the moment. We miss so much, like you said, because we're not in the present. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we just don't focus on what we can do. So that's part of, the, I think, how um, why it's so bad to be not focused and just having all that distraction because this culture kind of has that everywhere from on a computer to pop-ups, um, your phone ringing. Um, it's so it's so easy for people to get in touch with you now because you're carrying your phone and they can always, you can text you, email you, you know, what's up. There's so many ways they can get, they can reach you. It's like, 
I look at that as like sometimes you just need to be in a quiet place. And I think that's one of the reasons why I think that people in prison can look find those opportunities, those places of opportunities that they have. I'm not saying it's fortunate so much that they're there, but utilize what you do have there because people on the outside normally don't have have that time. So is there anything else you want to say to the audience? What big statement would you say? I, I really thank you for being here. This being a life coach. I think you're perfect for the position. And I'm pretty sure people are going to contact you just because of you give the, the care. People listen to people who they feel that care about them. Mm-hmm. So I, I know you're going to make a big impact. So what statement mm-hmm. would you have, big statement would you have for people that's in prison, out of prison, whether it's a family member of someone that's imprisoned, what would you say to them as a coach? Mm. Well, thank. first of all, I just want to say thank you for just the generosity you've extended for me to be on your show. It's really enjoyed being with you and having this conversation. And I would tell people that are listening to this, and I would just say, you know, and I, I've, I've, my years of experience have shown me that everything's on purpose. There are no coincidences or accidents. Your life is not an accident. Your, your being here in this moment is not an accident. If it, if your life didn't matter, you wouldn't be here and you are here right now. And you're listening to this because you're meant to listen to this. And it's because your future is dependent upon this moment and what you do with it. And it's, and you are literally in control of this is the, you know, God has given you the keys to this quote unquote internal reality, this internal kingdom that's been given to you and your hope is found in that place. And so it may sound cliche, but there's a bright future in front of you because the future is literally contingent upon the power that you have in this moment, which is infinite. And that's okay that you may not see that or, or or experience that in the in the fullness as it is in this moment. But just pay attention to this moment. And then I always like to tell people, what's your takeaway? You know, what is your one takeaway from this conversation? Probably there's probably been several things, but if you can just boil it down, what's your one takeaway? And just chew on that for a while. Get clear about it. Chew on it. You don't have to worry about what to do with it. It will take root in you, and it will sprout and give life to, and it'll just happen naturally. Wow. Yes. Thank you. And you even have the voice of meditation too. Like you could just listen and be like, oh, I'm all in that moment. <laughs> like <laughs> I have to open my eyes. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing a podcast, Michelle. You can't be, I'm well, doing that you. now, but this was a great show. I really enjoyed you, Jamal. And I'm pretty sure the audience enjoyed you as well. So thank you for being here. And you all make sure you hit Jamal up and tell him Michi J sent you from a prisoner's pardon. Thank you. Have a great evening. Boy, oh boy, wasn't that a delight to get the perspective of Jamal Javanji. Jamal would be an excellent life coach for anyone who gets out of prison. Honestly, I never even thought about getting a life coach for a previous inmate until now, until listening to Jamal. 
Jamal would be excellent given his previous background. Here are my takeaways from my chat with Jamal. Number one, correctional officers can play a large part in an inmate's reform by knowing how to communicate. That is talk to them versus talking at them. Remember the incident when Jamal talked to the person that was in the hole and looking at the impacts of that, we really need to see more of that. Number two, people come to prison mentally long before they come physically. I thought that was a great quote from Jamal and we really need to look into that. Like he was saying, it's because they're already in survival mode versus living. So family members be looking out for signs of this and start getting our loved ones into some sort of therapy or just getting them a life coach. Number three, inmates have a unique opportunity to make significant changes even while in prison. This is important because a lot of people think that life is just over when life could be beginning because right now they have time. They have a lot of time and they don't have a lot of distractions. So if they can look at this as an opportunity, change their attitude and perspective, they can really begin to make the changes necessary to get out of prison and stay out. Those are my takeaways. And thank you so much for tuning in today. Until next time, I'm Michi J. Wishing you a week filled with blessings. Thanks for tuning in to the show. For more information on our guests and resources, visit prisonerspardon.com. If you're enjoying the content, follow, like, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, please be sure to leave a rating and review. Until next time, God bless.